Yeah, I only have like another 63 minutes already because of the darn sound problems. Hey, that is three more minutes than 60 minutes has. So eat that up, oh, Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> he's, an, he's a host. He is with the most. Yeah. He hosts my heart whenever he lights up my screen. Is he still acting? Is he still performing? Oh, I can't remember even what I've seen him in, Jonathan. He really had a Val Kilmer-style physical transformation that really put people off. What, he put on a bat suit? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. I imagine, no. though. It's possible. They, they might expand the, the bat family to Dieperdue. Yeah. It's possible. Or they might... Depper don't think that's a good idea. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they may not. The Bat family is just so big these guys these days. You guys. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna. I haven't really started recording. Should I? I mean, I have. Yeah, yeah. I've been recording for four minutes. I mean, uh, you're still recording, right? Yeah, I'm still recording. If we didn't keep my great, let's face it, mint condition Val Kilmer joke, <laughs> I am gonna go to your house, Jonathan. And I am gonna yell. I'm gonna I'm gonna cup my hands against the brickwork of the building, and I'm gonna yell into the building, and I'm gonna yell into that building so hard your building will hate you. <laughs> the building, the physical brick and mortar. The yeah, you'll live in a box of hate. It'll be like you're in Am. Mm. In Am? You'll be inside Am, Jonathan. Inside Am? Jonathan, do you want to be inside Am? What's Am? Right, hang on. Let's sync us up. Wait, you don't know what Am is? Oh, sync us up. We're going to get into this. Oh. Oh, yeah. We're going to keep... Oh, the listener can't wait. They're like, oh, this is just the cold open. And we're getting a continuation of the plot. Bring us in for the real thing. <laughs> wow. This is so much better than the last one, even if it doesn't have the Looney Tunes bit in it. <laughs> so let's go. Jonathan was on Road Rules Northern Trail in 1998. Since then, he has appeared in precisely zero award-winning TV shows, blockbuster movies, or community theater plays. We are here to fix this. We are here to make Jonathan off Road Rules a star. Boston's favorite son will ride again. Am! Yes! Yes! So, here's... Right, Jonathan. I think it would be really good... If we turned your apartment into Am. What is Am? What is Am? Okay, right. I'll give you a little backstory on Am. So, you know, what's his face? The Joker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he's sort of the Joker of sci-fi. I am, of course, talking about uh, Har Harmon Delroy. Harmon Delroy. Nope, not familiar. Harmonica Elroy, famous writer, wrote... The short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh, are you talking about uh, Harlan Ellison? Yeah. Yes. Familiar with Ellison a little bit. Uh, he's Harlequin he... Goldbond. Yeah. <laughs> I think he wrote some uh, uh, some good Twilight Zone episodes, too. Yeah, I don't care about those. I don't care about those. I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream is about a big artificial intelligence, Jonathan. Oh, okay. That destroyed humanity. And it's so angry and it hates people. And what it has done is it has used its infinite technology and sprawling mass of, of machinery to create inside of itself, Jonathan, a place where five humans he's kept alive can't die and are just forced to live in hell forever. Oh. And, and, and the machine is just... Like, the most famous... Well, the second most famous bit is Anne itself talking in a monologue, just talking about how much it hates hu humanity, Jonathan. And what I'm thinking is if, if we took that intelligence's dripping, seething hatred for the human race and put it all on you... <laughs> The world would be a better place. <laughs> so you're, you're saying that if all of the hate was directed <laughs> only at one thing, then the rest of the world would be in better shape. But 
I am the thing that gets the hate, yeah, you're saying. That's, yeah, it's it's not that if all the hate went into one thing, the world would be a better place. It's that if all the hate went into you, the world would be a better place. Everyone would love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they'd love you at the same time. It'd be, I mean, just think about it, because nobody would have any question what there was to hate. There'd be no, no confusion what's, whatsoever, you know? Just hate Jonathan. <laughs> so. Here, Marjorie. Marjorie, look out the window. I see two lads kissing. Two lads kissing outside. And you know what that makes me think, Marjorie? Oh, what does it make you think? Fuck Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck him. Basically, the world... Like, the world is, is Conrad and I's oyster, mm-hmm. but we would like the world to be your amster. <laughs> that would be, that would be, uh, I mean, you, you got to make sacrifices. I get that. I would be famous for sure because everyone yeah. would be thinking about me. You absolutely would. It would be like the Watchmen when the giant squid came down, but it would be me, I guess. I would just be a blob on the city and people would blame me for the deaths in... in yeah, that's the best. The, 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 the best, most famous bit of I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream, Jonathan, is the ending monologue. Oh. Where Am is furious at the narrator character the, the, who's in it with all the, the others, one of the five. And he works out a way to uh, kill the others so they don't have to stick around. And, and in pure rage, what Am does is it turns the, the narrator into a sludge heap that can't move or, or talk or do anything. So it can just lie there feeling like shit forever. And then as, as the narrator describes just this, this horrible, horrible condition that they're in the final line is i have no mouth and i must scream which which just speaks to the existential horror that we would like you to simulate <laughs> sorry we would like to simulate with you near you at you you want me to feel that bad yeah yeah i mean i think if we get enough saran wrap and you remember in the 90s how everyone was obsessed with gunge and slime jonathan it's back Slunge is is back. Slunge. Well, I mean, it's funny you should say slunge because that's the name of the product we've been working on here at Zimmerman and Sterling Enterprises, bringing back the 90s in a way you never knew you wanted because you don't. We are bringing back what in in Britain we used to call it gunge over here in, in, in the United States. Uh, slime was more, more, more accepted, and we have come together to create uh, sludge, <laughs> Jonathan. And what's best about sludge is it's made from source materials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are source materials? <laughs> that doesn't. What do you mean? There are materials that come from a source. It's all in the name, Jonathan. It's like you're it's not a- even listening. <laughs> you do know that our sludge is artisanally was- crafted, right? It's full off the bone. Uh, <laughs> it fell off some bones. There were, there were bones. Yeah, yeah. It's not entirely slurry. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so I mean, there were bones before the sludge came in contact with. Yeah, it. yeah. There might be some fragments and bone meal, Jonathan. In the sludge, bone meal sludge. You're talking. Yeah, but it's not all bone. It's not all bone meal and slurry. What's so unique about sludge? Is that it actually has bits of authentic slime and gunge from the 90s in it. I have bought a lot of little plastic toilets with glow-in-the-dark Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, Jonathan. The stuff inside is rank as fuck, but it's going to make sludge. <laughs> the authentic taste. Taste? It's for, for <laughs> putting in your mouth now? Yeah, it's, it's the authentic taste of the United King States, Dom. Because it's gunge and, and slime. What it does is it solidifies, but also it solidifies the bond between United Kingdom and United States. <laughs> it's what we need in these trying times, you know, just to yeah. come together in unity, to reach across to our, our neighbors and say, hey, I feel you. <laughs> 
Is yeah. that the tag? Is that the catchphrase? We made sludge. We don't know why. Dunk it on yourself. Don't let it dry. Don't. Because <laughs> if it dries, then that's. Uh, it seems like a gremlins style warning about the mogwai pet that there's three rules and at least one of the rules of sludge is to not let it dry is what it sounds like <laughs> yeah i mean it's like the opposite basically if you get covered in sludge you're the opposite of a gremlin <laughs> you have about five to six to two minutes to get that sludge off yourself otherwise it's all gonna get well basically a cross between what happens when medusa looks at you and what happens when someone put that shit demon suit on from Dogma? <laughs> Not that Slunge is all shit. Like I said, there's slurry, there's bone meal, there's there's gunge and slime. And, you know, a little of the recipe. Are you saying that because it's not all shit that it's okay? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the shit, the trace amounts of fecal matter, which, let's be honest, Jonathan, is everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere? I mean, you're breathing it right now. Breathing it? Yeah. You are literally... Yeah, you're a shit breather, Jonathan. <laughs> We're all shit breathers on this show. We breathe shit and love it all day long. And there's only a bit in it because it's part of the skank. Skank? Skank, Jonathan. Skank. What's, what's skank? Oh, that's that's just all of, the, all of the sex runoff we got off you, Jonathan. Oh, from the other episode with the Bugs Bunny sex. The one with the bad microphone because you, you gave me a bad microphone, Jonathan. <laughs> People. That episode starts with me criticizing your recording quality, Jonathan. <laughs> I'd spent months thinking of that... When I thought of that Looney Tunes, like this just shows how much I think of you, Jonathan. When that Looney Tunes show came on, on HBO Max, when HBO Max launched, I immediately thought, right, that rabbit is going to initiate a train. <laughs> You're still talking about and it. it's going to go choo-choo-choo. <laughs> you did a whole episode about it. You yeah, titled yeah, it. Yeah, we're not doing that again. I was outside Conrad's house today. It's true. Yeah. 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 I was outside Conrad's house. Mm -hmm. I danced around. I rubbed my bum on his door. I rubbed my bum on his door. Wax on, <laughs> wax off. Really? Yeah, wax on, wax off. It's a new, it's a new technique I'm doing. It's based on the Karate Kid, mm -hmm. um, but it's it's gonna be the new twerk <laughs> against doors. Yeah, yeah. Um, instead of like like you know making your badonka donk go like up and down real quick in a way that sort of just honestly hurts my lower back, Jonathan. I don't need to be doing that to myself. I'm doing a lot more of a of a gentle um, workout. Um, for my rump, um, but but in a way that also lets, you know, all of the boys know that I'm ready for, you know, ingress. Like to, to take them in? Oh, you know. <laughs> you sounded genuinely aroused. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I tell you, when I get going, Jonathan, it's like horse all common in the heat, right? <laughs> with, with, with wax on? And wax off. on, wax off. Yeah, it's a new dance craze. It's called twirl, twirl, twirl. <laughs> T-W-E-L-N-K-I-N-G. Twelking. Twelking. Yeah, you go to Conrad's. You go to Conrad's and you just wipe your, your ass left, left three times in a circle. Right three times in a circle. Um, do some heavy breathing. And fuck off home. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. the dance. <laughs> The seven-step dance, and uh, it, it works, is what you're saying. You get results. Exactly. Exactly. Jonathan. Yep. Why don't you ask Conrad what film he watched last? Sure. Do a, do a, do a quick film podcast. Lord knows Conrad and I haven't got back to our fucking one. Oh, you're, you've got a great podcast. <laughs> you two do one, and I'm going to listen. I, I'd like to take some... Is it credit? And oh, do this I, podcast man. is rubbish so far. The, the, I haven't even heard any theme music. Yeah, what? No, you can't do yeah. That's the theme music to CSI. <laughs> Isn't it like a dun 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 dun? There we are. That's good enough. Oh, that's Law and Order, sir. I literally can't remember the last movie I watched. Oh, I watched The Ten. That was the last movie I watched. What was, what was it? it? The Ten. All right. The Ten. Yeah. Yeah, it, I'm, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, it's uh, a film directed by David Wayne. Oh, I have... 
Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I almost <laughs> drowned in my own water. I watched it last year. Yeah, it's a uh, it's 10 sort of short stories each one focused on a different one of the 10 commandments. Ah. And they all sort yeah. of interconnect and and it's a very specific type of humor. It's the kind of film that you show somebody if you like it to find out if one day you, you know, will no longer get along because at some point you will no longer get along if that person can't appreciate the 10. Oh, wow. And it's not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. It's just specific. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it's got Ken Marino in it. So. It does. Well, it has the entirety of the state. It's the first time they reunited uh, after they separated. Yeah. Huh. They did good comedy, Jonathan. Sure. They did. Not like this fucking show. No. Oh. People love this show. I don't know if everyone qualifies it as comedy, but it does make people feel good. David Wayne actually directed the last movie I saw as well, which is weird. Yeah? Yeah. David Wayne. Most people aren't thinking about him all the time. He was in the, the state and he was uh, mostly an actor, I think, of that. But he's mostly a director now. Oh, he, he did a lot. Now he did a lot of directing in the state, too. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he all all of the like second unit stuff um, was him entirely. Interesting. Yeah, he did a movie, and I can't remember the full title of it. It's like a futile and useless gesture. I think it's called. It's the. It's a stupid and futile gesture, or the other way around, futile and stupid gesture. I think. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if I've seen it, but I can't. I can't remember the first 19 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> That was, uh, geez, let me check the clock. That was maybe 25 minutes ago. So, Well, see, I thought it was 19 minutes ago, so there's more <laughs> minutes unaccounted for. I think so. I'm not even sure anymore. It's hard for me to tell, too. We can't tell the days or the times anymore. It's lockdown. Do you remember that, folks? Satire. <laughs> but you were rubbing your butt against a man's door earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had my mask on <laughs> and one on my bum. Yeah, it, it, they weren't doing it within six feet of anybody. No. You make sure that the, you know, path is clear. Yeah. And you get your cheeks working. <laughs> if I hear any, like, like footsteps out, like, inside, I yell. I yell, Twelve King! Twelve King! <laughs> and then Conrad knows not to go too near the door, otherwise he'll catch COVID. But, you know, I'll tell you what, doors never looked better. I like oh, it's, a shine yeah. coming off of that. Mostly in the middle of the door. <laughs> But, but my God, it, it got so waxed on and off. You didn't see your face in it. But what if somebody opens the door? Then what? Well, then, like I said, we'll both get COVID and that's it. <laughs> that's it, Jonathan. And I'm not talking about the film. There's a movie called That's It? Yep. Wow. I'm learning yep. so much. Ten. That's it. So many movies. Yeah. Maybe that's it's a film. Is is that's it a film? Let's find out. There's a good <laughs> there's a good new regular section for the, the, the podcast is is what I just said. Well this is we're really we're, we're for, for us anyway, for me I should really say, we're we're doing this podcast a lot all of a sudden. It's been less than two weeks, I think, since we recorded the last one. It's been like a week and a half. Yeah. And I was like, what is Jim what is he gonna want to talk about? Didn't he? He used it all up, maybe. And now we're we're talking about that's it and uh, twelking. Yeah, I mean, I found it. Twenty fourteen. It was a TV movie. A little bit arrogant. A little bit arrogant. Um, it's called That's It, and it was directed by That's It, <laughs> uh, according to IMDb and and their resources. And then That's It has only directed That's It. <laughs> and as far as as far as that's it goes, it's got no synopsis or plot. It's got a, a small cast list. Looks like it was shown in the Netherlands. Wow. So there you go. We got that going for it. Boston's favorite son. We're going global. <laughs> we we are because of that's it? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to become the son's favorite son. You'll be a sun god. We'll cover you in marmalade. We'll cover you in marmalade and... and <laughs> Duct tape a sunflower on your head. I don't know how, how this one works. That sounds um, better than sludge, but not safe still. The, the lack of safety is yeah. still there. Marmalade really suffocates yeah. the skin, as you know. Anyway, the point, the point is, is that when we dunk the sludge on you... <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're going to let it harden, and then then you'll you'll know how the character in I Have No Mouth and I'm a Scream felt. You brought it back to Am somehow. So the sludge <laughs> is just a, a means to an end. I thought you wanted to sell it to children, and maybe you still do. But everyone is supposed to hate me, and the way I get to feel the hate. Is through Solange, is what you're saying. Yeah. Right, right. And and don't worry, don't worry. There are going to be a lot of people who will hate you because of Solange. <laughs> don't worry about it. What's we'll make that? sure you're responsible for it. Yeah, don't you worry about it. Um, I mean, in, in fact, you do have to answer a, a couple of inquiries because of that idea you just said about giving Solange to kids. Right. I don't want to do that. Like kind of marketing it as a, as a child sort of like product. I don't want to do that. Um, they got very, very sick very, very quickly. <laughs> the children did. Yeah, yeah. Like in the amount of time that it took for you to say that, <sighs> and now, yeah. those children have become violently ill. Yeah, they're, they're, their skin has gone gray. Gun metal gray. <laughs> Sounds very bad. As as someone who is the parent to a the child, teeth are soft, Jonathan. <laughs> These are soft toothed children. As someone who you were saying, as someone who uh, is in full ownership of the parent company behind Slunge, you, go on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, right. The weirdest part about it is, is the kids that ate it were fine. The the the, the, the eaters of the sludge were fine. Yeah, somehow, if you were eating it, is fine. <laughs> Touching it, you don't want to do. Have you? There's there's some sort of subcutaneous parasite in the sludge. I don't know, <laughs> but it's there and it's very angry. You know what? It, so it's got emotions. The parasite. <laughs> Probably. But we've, we've come up with a workaround. Our theory so far is that this, this parasite, right, we, we call it the slunge worm, oh, whatever. Um, this, yeah, the, the brown crawler uh, <laughs> dissolves in stomach acid. So if you eat it, you're fine. Um, so we, we came up with a workaround. We came up with a workaround because Conrad and I, we know a couple of stoners. So we thought if we marketed this as some sort of new edible, the smell of the sludge will overpower the smell of the pot. The the pot? What kind of pot? You know, the the uh, the Mary Jane. Oh, marijuana the, pot. The sweet, sweet electric lettuce, Jonathan. A little bit of that do-re-mi. A shiny pair of Christmas shoes. The reefer, if you will. Oh, I've got a madness. And the only cure is reefer. <laughs> Ooh, spliff. Wow, wow, wow. It's the grown-up. What happened? Wow, wow, wow. That's just the background music. It's just like, it's it's someone's sexy saying spliff over and over again with like a, a little twang just so people know that, oh, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. Cut, uh, check your audio. Who, me? You sound great now, but for a moment it sounded like you entered the, the black hole or the twilight zone. I thought it was for effect. Yeah. Yeah, d- because I'm fucking I'm fucking tripping balls <laughs> off a, yeah, off a cannabis like. high, Jonathan. It did sound a little bit like dubstep, actually. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know how the, it drops? The, the dubstep from the I've, modern music. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, right, Jonathan? Yes. Right? I have... I have sniffed so much of that sweet, sweet herb <laughs> that I'm starting to see things on the walls. You sound really, you sound really proud of it. Oh, that's the thing about being on cannabis, Jonathan. When you're on, <laughs> when you're on, another word for it. I am baked from a drugs. <laughs> And that's 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 weed culture for you. That's one of the things about uh, um, uh, doing those weed drugs is that once you start oh, down that God. path, you must uh, inevitably make it your entire lifestyle and everything you do uh, has some connection to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Free the weed, right? I've got so many posters of grey aliens doing peace signs on my wall, Jonathan. I've wondered about this for years. You know, I uh, I get that drugs can make you feel good. I get it. Yeah. But 
to wear a t-shirt with a pot leaf on it or a Budweiser logo. To me, it was always like if people were wearing an aspirin t-shirt or, uh, you know, bear, another another drug that makes you feel better. Yeah. It's not it, – it's something to – to use when you want, but it's not necessarily something to put your identity into. It's always confused me. Oh, you wouldn't like the shirt I'm wearing now, then. What's the shirt you're wearing now? It's a it's a big blown up photograph of a Molly Tap going up my bum. <laughs> of a what? Right up the whole of it. Anyway, Jonathan, the thing about drugs is they make sleep paralysis worse. Wait, wait a minute. The T-shirt, your own butt is on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. How did you get that made? It's, it's great. How did you get that T-shirt made? How does how does one get that done? Oh, there was a rave at the USPS last week at the Un- United St- at the Postal yeah, Service. Yeah, that a copier. We <laughs> we we took a photo. We ran some copies. We mailed them off. It was a real rager. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, it's gone to various state governors. Just your your what's going in your butt again? A Molly? You said? Oh yeah. I think that's something you do with that drug. <laughs> Molly the drug that I think um, Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter sings about. Molly. Yeah. Molly Cyrus. I know, I know my, f- my friend shoved two ecstasy pills up his ass and had, had to watch Mad Max with the curtains off the next day to recover. That's, that's the detox protocol? Yeah. There's no curtains. Mad Max is the original one, I assume? Just, uh, yes, yes, it was the original with Toe Cutter. You know, I found out that Toe Cutter is uh, Morton Joe, the same actor. Yes. Amazing. That is true. It's all come full circle. Yeah, what a life. Like Am and Slunge. <laughs> so, what I've learned in my, in my years of, of drug odysseys with Jonathan, right, going into, like, like islands... To eat mushrooms and bits of dirt with with some skanking. Um, what I've learned is is that sleep paralysis is horrible on its own, but worse, Jonathan, when you're tripping balls on a cannabis high, which is definitely what happened. Sleep paralysis is horrible, Jonathan. Yeah. I don't know if you know what it is. When you wake, when it's literally, it's sort of I have a mouth and I can't scream. That's what I thought was was driving you to bring up that that topic so passionately. I saw on your your Twitter yeah. that you had had a bout of sleep paralysis and you likened it to a creature, a monster of some kind, uh, sitting on you and trapping you. And it sounded awful. Yeah, it's often this vague presence of just just this this sort of malevolent thing that you feel is it manifests differently for a lot of people. But last night it was something like touching me and just. Not physically pinning me down, but, like, keeping me there. And and I have only described it as malice fucking incarnate, Jonathan. Wow, like the Babadook. That thing wanted to get me. It's probably real. It was so scary. Terrible. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, Jonathan, I'm not just sharing a, a traumatic experience with you. Not just. What I am doing is pitching you an idea. <laughs> Again? Yeah, I've got a theory, Jonathan. It's just a theory. Yeah? You can help me out with it, you know. (laughs) My feeling is, is that one of the scariest things about sleep paralysis is how unexpected it is. You go to sleep, you don't expect suddenly, you know, a nightmare to be while you're awake and you can't talk or anything. Mm, So it's the surprise factor. It's the surprise factor. I feel like, like if I were to acclimate myself to the feeling of... Something like like over me on the bed while I'm asleep, but in a reassuring way. Mm. Sort of like rather than pinning me down by my shoulders, it's just sort of this gentle, just sort of just rubbing my shoulders, right? Just just holding me nice and still. Mm. Mm. You're like a weighted blanket, like a weighted blanket with a with a with a a, a, a head with glasses on and, and not. <laughs> A lot of hair on top, looking down at me with like wild, unblinking eyes, mm. just to say, "It's okay, my child. <laughs> you tried to sleep well. Hush." And then just you know, just to ease me back to sleep, just sort of rise up and down, just sort of do little press ups, just going, "Oh, ah." Mm. Like doing push ups over your ah. body. Ah. 
<laughs> yeah, as you just have these sort of long sighing revelations with yourself. And if if you're worried about like you know anyone seeing your sucker punch tattoo, the movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> Don't worry. Conrad is watching on CCTV. Mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. a whole array, like like fucking Jigsaw. He's got a whole array of monitors in that room, every angle, to make sure no one walks in and sees that tattoo. And if you're concerned about what's going on at your place, we got a couple cameras rigged up there as well, you know, for when we turn it into Am later. But Conrad's going to have just sort of a little look around mm-hmm, mm-hmm, periodically, mm-hmm. basically just to make sure that your lava lamp and your drawer full of yo-yos is still there. <laughs> what? I am really... So am I, am I a malevolent force for good? No, no, you're... Yeah, well, basically you're the friendly face of sleep paralysis. <laughs> it's funny because... And if it works... We can take you worldwide. I'm a dad, and my son has fear of being afraid at night. Yeah. A fear of, of a malevolent force. When you prance in, uh-huh. painted head to toe in dark blue, with little white twinkling stars, like, painted all over your body, you'll be delighted. You'll be like, everyone get to sleep right now. <laughs> Knowing that the friendly face of sleep paralysis will ward off the bad, the the mean face of sleep paralysis. I mean, I feel more relaxed and, and comfortable already. Yeah. But I, I I already do it for a real human child who's biologically made out of some of my DNA. He, he comes in every night and says, I'm afraid I'm going to have a bad dream about the future. And it's like, whoa, that's heavy. You're five. Yeah. But ever since he was two... He's been talking about a monster that he just refers to as the future that's hiding in his closet. Okay. And is going to come get him. Sometimes it's got an onion for a head. Sometimes it has a pumpkin for a head. Sometimes Mm. it's a monster. It's going to take him to a place he calls the mystery store. I'm loving all these ideas. Yeah. He's like, it's in the mystery store. Oh, Jesus. It's going to take me the future. It's going to pull me away. And uh, like, he's really, really. uh, uh, Kid's not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to say, well, here's the thing. Basically, if this if this experiment is a success and you go worldwide, right, and, and Conrad tours you around the, the nation like King Kong. Oh, but I'm sleep paralysis. We just, he wheels you onto a stage, you're painted blue with the stars all over you, and you just rotate on the, on the stage going round and round. You're saying, look at me, look at me, I am the knight, but I'm friendly in a way. While Conrad's like, roll up, roll up, he's up the knight, but he's friendly in a way. He guarantees it. It's not hot. I, I, I do have experience helping. Conrad, do you think it's hot? Oh, it's not. Do you think Mr. Knight, Mr. Knight, the friendly face of sleep paralysis is a hottie? I mean, we've got the Y fronts to cover the sucker punch tattoo on your bum. You'll be wearing like some bold white Y fronts. I mean, mostly white. I mean, I firmly believe that there is something that everybody, you know, everybody finds something attractive, like, and it doesn't really matter what it is. So, yes, I'm sure there would be some people who would would find this uh, alluring. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean sexy hot. I meant just like fashionable or or in vogue, what people want. Sure. (laughs) Sure. That's that's what I meant. Yeah. and, And, you know. Physically hot as well, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we will be turning those stage lamps right up. Right, yeah. But, but, yeah. I mean, to make sure people can get a good look. Yeah. <laughs> and we've covered you in some, like, hairspray and stuff just to make sure that the paint doesn't run off you. Yeah. Well, you've got to glisten. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. you got to shine. Or that'd be the slunge. <laughs> it's really don't should I shouldn't shine. It's not. Seeing me shine. Shine bright like a diamond. Right this way, look at the shiny focus of your hatred. <laughs> I forgot that people still hated me, was the point. <laughs> oh god, they can't fucking stand you as, as the friendly face of sleep paralysis. Well, yeah. I, that, that, I was going to say before, I was really trying to say it, but I, I couldn't get it out there. It, it, me yeah. as someone who could help people get back to sleep when they're scared, not I'm not the best choice, but yeah. I'm not... The... Oh, no, no, that's my job now. Okay. Yeah, Conrad's touring you, and I'll uh, I'll make sure I'll make sure that your kid isn't scared of the future anymore. I'll basically just sit down and explain to him that there is none. Well, it's days are numbered. <laughs> 
so I really wouldn't worry about it. Go, go back to bed. <laughs> he will uh... now. The fire boy. What? The fire boy who knocks on your window at night. He will fuck your world up. Oh man, one time I was, I, I barely ever punish him. I'm such a permissive parent. And he was just being such a jerk at dinner. He was refusing to eat anything until like I span around three times or something like that. He comes up with ideas for me, as you might imagine. And mm. sometimes I put up with them, sometimes I don't. I said, you're getting a timeout. So I brought him to the, the only place in the house that can stay dark because that's where you're supposed to decompress and destimulate in the dark. Yeah. It's uh, this big bathroom we got and he said is the future in the bathroom and i said yeah and then i realized what he meant by it which is is there a monster in there and you meant it's just going down the fucking toilet <laughs> he loves thinking about me going down the toilet he looks at me and <laughs> says like can yes. you go in i'm like i can't he's like go inside yeah. so many oh, ideas for me yeah. this this kid crawling head first like alice <laughs> Down the rabbit hole, you know. I might, yeah. I might end up being on a a new podcast with um, the bass player for Down Aerosmith. Down the shit pipe. <laughs> Wait, what? Down the chicken hole. Yeah, I might be on a new new podcast. This is sort of spoilers. I think it's supposed to for the 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 fiction of the podcast. You're not supposed to know that I know I might do this, but yeah, it's real. It's not fiction. It's very confusing, actually. But uh, they they want me to do it and talk about rabbit holes. And one of the rabbit holes they want me to go down is with the bass player for Aerosmith. And and the woman who played Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat might get involved. I need to I need to call her. <laughs> <laughs> that well I mean I mean that sounds good. Does it? That sounds like good listening. I don't know what makes a good podcast. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound it sounds like listening. It doesn't sound like being, you know, the friendly face of sleep paralysis, but no. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's a start, I guess. Thanks. I think we're we're offering a lot more, but yeah. Well, I would never yeah. stop. I doing mean, this we've show. got poking sticks, Jonathan. You've got open sticks. Poking sticks. Oh, poking sticks. Yeah. Do they have poking sticks? Hmm. <laughs> I didn't ask. <laughs> you see, that's why you need us, right? Yeah. You need us to help field some of these sort of half-assed offers that you keep getting. So I mean, no yeah. poking sticks? What the hell? What kind of slipshot operation are they operating here? But I don't want to poke anyone. And oh, I... no, 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 no. Not for you to poke. No, no. Yeah, you're rotating. Yeah. You're rotating in your iFronts with your, your, your pipe. The poking sticks are for everyone else. To poke who? Well, <laughs> Yeah. You don't want to just say it, but I think you're thinking it. That's what I think you're thinking. What do you think we're thinking? Yeah. I think you're thinking I'm going to get poked with a poking stick. Is what I think. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't fucking believe me, old mugger. You're so poked. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I tell you what, I've got a quick Willem Dafoe idea that I can run by you. Oh, cool. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited about it. People, people think he might come back as Green Goblin. People are very excited. That'd be good. Did I just silence you with that news? You, no, you... it'd be good. I just thought. I just thought in my head. Will that be good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was good as the Green Goblin. He was very good. He was fucking great. Yeah, he's the best part of the movie. I've got a signed photo of the Green Goblin on my wall. Mm. It's great. It's in a, in a place of honor. In a place of honor. Did he sign it, or did the did the Green Goblin sign it? <laughs> it's signed by the actual Green Goblin. It's signed by <laughs> by actual Norman Osborn. Greatest day of my life. <laughs> Was meeting him. And you, you know the best thing about real life Norman Osborne? What's that? Is his hair is actually black with red lines in it, like in the like in the old uh, old ones. Oh, the comics where it's like a Brillo pad, like a bald Yeah, bald. and the, the, the Spider-Man 90s cartoon, it's all just black with like red lines. Like, honestly, he looks like a prick. <laughs> That's what they were. But you don't say that. You don't say well, you that to the rude. CEO of Oscorp. No, 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 not to Norman, no. You never know when you might need a job there. It's like Amazon. Eventually, you will have a job there. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. I mean, they probably won't be calling them jobs. Yeah, yeah. You won't be considered an employee. No. Uh, you will earn money for them. For Amazon. And they will give you some money. Wait a minute. Amazon? Am. Oh. oh. I have no breaks and I must shit. <laughs> That's how it feels to work at Amazon, I guess. 
Speed was a heck of a film. Mm. Oh, with uh, Keanu Reeves? With Keanu Reeves. Speed, a quintessential, probably, 90s film about the bus that has to go fast, hence the name Speed. And I thought to myself, you know what? There hasn't been a Speed in a while. It's true. Let's not just do another one. Let's do one of those soft reboot things. Mm. So I give you Speed, Speedux, parenthesis, Redux, so that they know what Speedux meant. <laughs> it's explaining the, the clever title. But it's uh, the kind of clever that no one understands, that only the creator of it understands, so it needs to be explained in the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. needs to be explained. People need to know how clever it is. If they, if just one person doesn't know that Speedux is, is a great bit of wordplay for Redux, then I will actually die. I'll be deader than Lord Byron, who has been dead for a bit. Speedux Redux. <laughs> Speed, Speedux Redux. Just calling it Speedux on its own would have been good, but no one would have known what the fuck we were talking about. Is it actually Speed, Speedux, Redux, Speed, Speedux, Redux? Just to make sure that everyone knows exactly what's going on, yeah. yeah. So it's all of them. It's Speed, Speedux, Redux. Yes. yes. And on the, the, the tagline is, it's a soft reboot of Speed. <laughs> like the new generation, like the next generation, like Star Trek was a sort of a yeah. reboot, but also a continuation, yeah. It's a heck of a film, Jonathan. The the time is, I don't know, whenever you're watching the film, I guess. The place, a road, a bus. And it's driving along pretty well. The driver's there, driving along, played by Brendan Fraser. Um, you know, just letting people on the bus, you know, goes to... Goes to the stop on Warwick High Street, just, oh, hello, get right on. No charges today, because I'm in a good mood. Nothing will go wrong. You know, he makes another couple stops, just get on, everyone. I'll explain every time you get on that it's free today, like free comic book day, except it's a ride on the bus. This is Brendan Fraser we're talking about. Right, yeah. yeah. Driving the bus. All sorts of great characters get on, you know. Dean Kane gets on, uh, you know. Hello, I'm Dean Kane. I'd like to ride the bus. Oh, I bet you what? Go on in. Don't worry. Um, you know, because he's worried he sounded a bit standoffish at first, and he said, "I bet you would," as if you know, Dean Kane's not good enough for the bus. Um, but but he is. Jonathan, it's fine. Is he's okay? Yeah, Willem Dafoe gets on right. It's the actor Willem Dafoe playing a character and he looks surly and he looks dangerous and brendan fraser says oh come on on the bus and does another 20 stops that's the first mm, 35 minutes of the film (laughs) first 35 minutes of the film or so is is you know it's just a really nice relaxing film about a bus route it's world building Oh, yeah, we're, we are building such a, a world inside that bus. The fanciful characters. The deep lore that's going to develop. <laughs> Just on a bus. Oh, God, yeah. We've got, the, we've got the moonlight child kissed by the moon in a forest, played by Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Just covered in whipped cream so that she looks a bit moony. <laughs> she... <laughs> She's sit next to me and have a lick of this whipped cream. She... <laughs> She, she forgot she was the moon child and we made her look a bit moony when we filmed on the set. She thought she was the she, she thought she was whipped cream Wendy and we just sort of went with it. I mean, yeah, it came out fine. So that's how Sarah Silverman talks in the movie. <laughs> and she's she's just unexplained, covered in whipped cream and talks like that on the bus. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, throughout the course of this bus route, like there's we, we apply more cream. So the, like she sat there on the uh, like uh, right, like in a corner seat of the bus, just expanding out, just this cream, and eventually, you know, Dean Kane looks over and goes, oh. "What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Meow! <laughs> <laughs> Basically, doing what Tom does in the Tom and Jerry cartoons that came after the famous ones um, when they were in the letters." Um, crawls over on all fours and just starts lapping the cream up off the floor um, just to give the audience a sense of what it's like to ride a bus because by the time this film comes out we won't have buses anymore <laughs> people won't know what went on and they gotta know 
They got to know there was once a time when, like, more than two people could be anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, right, on that, on that cheery note, it's time for the action to start. Some sinister mu- music strikes up. You know it's going to be bad. And that tension is built for a full ten minutes. <laughs> this movie is almost 50 minutes in. Most, a lot of movies are 90 minutes. <laughs> So you're, you've really you've you've used a lot of time to set the stage, I guess, but there's not yeah. a lot of story that I've detected so far. Well, it's about to pay off. Oh yeah. Oh oh the oh god! Right, the dam's breaking on this one, folks. Willem Dafoe stands up. Dun dun dun! Listen up, you pieces of shit. <laughs> My name is the bad one on the bus. And that's all you need to know. That's his name. Yeah. That's what that, when he was born, his mom and his uh, presumably maybe another parent was like, oh, he's born. What should we name him? The bad one on the bus. What? The bad <laughs> one on the bus. Name him. It's... Name him that. That's how they did it. Yeah, in fact, what you've done is you've described the flashback scene that happens immediately after Willem Dafoe says he's the bad man of the bus. He <laughs> <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just to, to Deborah Messing. Deborah's is the mother. Uh-huh. And, and that fucking guy who played Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones. Walter Costa, I think his name is. And he's just, he's just, what should we call him? It's basically just what you did, you know. Yeah, call him the bad man on the bus. Oh, good. And then oh, immediately good. back. Immediately <laughs> <laughs> back to the bus with one of those, like, like Edgar Wright style, like, like swooshy camera pans, like, whoop. Back to the bus. Because <laughs> you really, you really oh. care what he's going to do now that you know that's yeah. what his name was and why. You're, you're so invested in this plot that's 55 minutes in. Yeah. Nothing's happened. Goes right back. You bet your ass. You bet your ass, Deborah Messing and Jamie Lannister called me the bad one on the bus. Now listen up, dipshits. This bus can't travel any slower than 100 miles an hour or I am going to get so cross (laughs) you can imagine the panic fucking hell I mean you can just um, Brendan Fraser's freaking out I wasn't trained for this I wasn't trained to ride the bus I've never driven one in my life. Like that. Terrified. Yeah. Who will drive the bus so that the bad one doesn't get cross? You. Keanu Reeves. Oh, boy. The one from Speed. Not Speedox. (laughs) You drove the bus in the film. Probably. I don't think you did. You want to do it now? <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, your, that's Keanu Reeves. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> and just, you know, drives the bus for 100 miles an hour till it hits a wall. And then Willem Dafoe, Willem Dafoe looks at the camera and says, well, didn't think this one through. They're dead. <laughs> they died. That's the well, you, you hit a wall. Dying and wounded. <laughs> well, okay, okay. So he was the Dennis Hopper style character who is like, okay, hot shot, but it's him just going, yeah. That's Dennis Hopper in space. And he's on the bus. He's not keeping himself yeah. safe at all. He's just <laughs> deciding to to basically put himself in danger yeah. in his ransom or, or whatever terrorism scenario. Well, I mean... And it and his threat is to get really angry, but because people mm. can't stand not being liked, they they feel the need to please him, and then they just... Mm-hmm. They fail to survive or, or to stay 
healthy and unhurt by <laughs> you just Keanu Reeves is like uh, okay and then he just drives it straight into a wall and Imme- immediately <laughs> there wasn't even a wall like on like in frame through the bus window when he sat at the the, the wheel but immediately boff and Fucking blood and cream everywhere. Oh, the whipped cream because uh, Sarah Silverman, the moon, yeah, moon kiss yeah. child. That that deep backstory, the the universe <laughs> he built in that bus with one character, <laughs> the moon moon kiss child is just a um, you know a, a past her prime. Sorry to say it, comedian who's covered in whipped cream. That's your that's your lore. That's your uh, world building. In there, yeah, and then you still got like a half hour. I the think, moonlit of movie. child kissed by the wind in a moonlit forest. That's how she got her powers. <laughs> what are her powers? What? Um, a lot of cream. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was say. I thought it was going to be cream based power. She so did it. So is that the end of the movie? I think you're only at sixty minutes. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe we could. Um, you know, while while the the um, the the music, the the credits music, which is the theme tune to Game of Thrones, so that everyone remembers what what you know that was, and really fucking freak them out. They'll be like, "Oh fuck, that was a thing." Um, we might have Keanu Reeves like voicing over the credits. Um, you know, maybe with the balance a little bit skewed, so you've got to really um, listen to him as he explains. You know, oh, he's really quiet. Just oh yeah, just sort of. <laughs> you see <laughs> Whoa, you see the point of the film <laughs> is <laughs> is is to be happy in your own body and mind <laughs> so that a bad man on a bus can't make you go fast. Don't. 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 Ever, don't, don't ever give up. <laughs> he's like, he's trying to not Let leave. me tell you something, brother. <laughs> don't ever give up. The Hulkster never gave up, and that's why Body Slammed on Ray the Giant, brother. <laughs> so it gets a little louder, but only as Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah. Keanu Reeves has learned that the like he he can really voice his his desires if he does it through the medium of Terry Belia. And you know, just to explain that the film's about self esteem. So he's an actor, Keanu Reeves, and they chose to deliver the message of the movie after the movie's <laughs> over through voiceover over the credits. And well, he, as an actor, <laughs> struggled to speak. In any way, he he was too uh, he, he he couldn't uh, um, bring any tone out of his voice. He was just sort of talking into his chest until he suddenly said, "Let me tell you, brother." <laughs> until Keanu Reeves thought to himself, "I can do a better impression of Hulk Hogan." Marginally, let's go for that. Yeah. He can do a better impression of Hulk Hogan than of himself than of Keanu yes. Reeves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It almost makes sense. It almost adds Just up. like a soft stick of shit can do a better impression of Jacob Reese Mogg. <laughs> hey, British listeners. <laughs> British joke. That's that's a new a new featured presentation on the, the, the podcast. I think that the folks in in Britain could use a little catering too. They've got a, a tough road yeah. to hoe right now. And there's a lot of for this other podcast I'm doing that I think is is pure runoff from this one, yeah. the listenership is, I think, a good 30% UK. And that's all because of you, Jim. I'm not hot in the UK right now. Oh, brilliant. I mean, tell you what, right? Yep. You can have that Jacob Reese mug crack. <laughs> They'll fucking eat it up. Literally no idea who that is. They is will it a eat politician it up or is it a... Because thanks to the Tories, they don't have any school dinners. <laughs> British joke. It's good, isn't it? David Torse Morgie? What's his name again? It's that, David Morse Torgy. He's a, he's a corgi, and he's a, one of the Tories? He's a, a corgi Torgy? Yeah, I mean, basically, Jacob Rees-Mogg is a, is a monster, right? Okay. Yeah. 
he looks like if Harry Potter really believed in his author's ideas. <laughs> so, like if, so if awful. I say if I say the name Jacob Rees-Mogg to you, you have um, in your head an image of what that person could be, and then you look at Jacob Rees-Mogg and you think he is exactly that. He looks so much like Jacob Rees-Mogg. No one else could be Jacob Rees-Mogg. I'm picturing him being. Um you know, white and and uh, got deep, deep crevasses in his face in wrinkle form. Maybe a hook nose. Is he? Does he look like a stereotypical witch of some kind? Does he have a? Does he have a? Does he? Does he? Does he look floppy? Does his skin look flappy? Flappy, floppy. I guess when you say something like Jacob Rees-Mogg to someone who grew up in the United Kingdom, you get a very different idea. My brain didn't go to the arcane. It went to a, a, a posh school. Oh, yeah, no. Well, it's partially because you brought up Harry Harry Potter. Well, Hogwarts was a fucking posh school. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where... This would be fun. This could be a new, new, new very crowd-pleasing segment where you name... British celebrities. No, oh, I'm J.K. Rowling. I think that people can turn into cats, but anything else is just too wacky. What the fuck's wrong with her? J.K. Rowling? That's a fictional book, J.K. Rowling. It's a fictional book, and she she was writing in it, like, stuff they did like it had happened. Magic spells and shit. Why should we be listening to her ideas on gender? She doesn't even know magic's not real. And what's funny is, in the book, a character's called Muggles, who don't know about magic. So she knows, she knows that not believing in magic is an option. Oh, right. But she doesn't She knows it. that she doesn't have to believe her weird fucking sorceress ideas, Jonathan. Yeah, I have ideas about people like her, as you probably would have guessed, because I'm full of ideas. She, she stole the Harry Potter name from uh, Troll, the movie which is about a kid named Harry Potter who discovers a magical world. So she's Now, not... I will just say, you're the one that's saying she... Now, look, we've all laughed at Harry Potter and Troll. Yeah, we love it. And Sonny Bono. <laughs> not a character. Actual Sonny Bono. It's brilliant. Um, sure. But I do just want to say for the record that it's Jonathan's opinion. Yes. That, that the Harry Potter name was actually thieved from Troll. I mean, it's it would be a, a wild coincidence that a movie about a child entering a magical world named Harry, and his name is Harry Potter, and he engages with these mythical creatures, uh, and then there just happens to be an entire... I mean, it, sure, anything's possible. There could be a new movie coming out uh, called um, Starfights with Luke Skywalker in it, and it would be like, oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, that's a strange coincidence, but very likely that she stole it. She's not an original thinker. She latches on to whatever ideas make her feel safe and smart, and then fights to the bitter end on them, even though she's clearly wrong, because there's really no way to truly punish her other than telling her, we don't like you. And she's the kind of person who responds to that with, uh, instead of self-reflection or any sort of empathy, just doubles down on whatever. I mean, I've done it. People told me they didn't like me because I thought that uh, competitive Smash Brothers wasn't that good. I just said, I still don't think it's good to them after that. And they really got mad. But that's video games. That's not human lives at stake. That's not, uh, you know, marginalized groups. She's, uh, she's bad. She's a bad person. 100%. The bad one on the bus? Yep. It's so cross. <laughs> Wait, she's the bad one on the bus now? <laughs> oh, yeah. In Speed, Speedux, Redux, Red, uh, 2? Well, I feel like every bus has a bad one. <laughs> Maybe. I am looking forward to... Let me to tell you something, brother. Every bus has a bad one. <laughs> He's still going over the credits? Yeah. He hasn't stopped since since we started this podcast, actually. <laughs> Basically, he's been talking since before the movie aired, and then they just sort of shoved a microphone under his mouth. Um, and he just sort of talked. And he got paid like $6 million for that. They get paid so well, those Hollywood actors. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a bit of a waste, because in the, in the theatrical run, we actually forgot to add it. Um, so it's only on the TV edit, uh, which never aired, because it only went to one movie theatre. <laughs> And that was in my house. <laughs> With me and Conrad. But that's it? Was a movie? Well, a TV? the windows were open, so, you know, that's the world screen. <laughs> it's, it's a whole new world, as you've been talking about. Will we ever oh, even go to movies again? I don't know. Maybe 
maybe uh, they're over, and that I guess we would just have to accept that. They they did sort of threaten us, right, with with movie theaters. Yes, yes, they did. They said they'll be really cross. <laughs> In the olden days, when movies went straight to the theaters and nowhere else, even if you didn't want to go to the theaters, you went anyway because you didn't have a choice. So now that they are just putting movies straight to streaming and giving us a choice, they're like, oh no, movie theaters will die. But maybe the thing that we were forced to go do should die. Like, if, if they can't survive movie theaters, when you now have the option to, to go elsewhere to see the same movie, maybe they weren't good? Well, I mean, if you have to force someone to use your service when there are options, then you didn't make a good service, did you? Yeah. Wow, we yeah. are so on the same page. Oh, we're, we're, we're firing on all cylinders. Our synapses are doing whatever they do. We're connected. It feels great. Oh, yeah. Like with a bit of string and yogurt putts. <laughs> but I have to go back to my day job. I, I ran away from my day you job. Do. I've got a big meeting with, with hundreds of people I have to go to that's starting. <gasps> are you going to... Are you going to get the big client? You're going to get that special, important client for the ad deal. I doubt it. I is that no good, Dean? Going to stop you doing a panty raid? <laughs> they may not notice that I'm not there quite yet. It's an ethical one because I've been thinking about this. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, panty raids aren't ethical unless they're mine. It... <laughs> Unless you you are the yeah, one. Yeah, I'll just like leave my door open and I'll be like, tom to tom to tom. I hope no one comes in here and raids my panties. And that's when you like peek your head around the corner at like like a foot off the ground, and then like five other heads pop up like above yours, all with like nylon stockings over your your heads. Yeah, with like Alpha Kappa Alpha on it, right? <laughs> Um, oh, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. Skank's lunge. It's got Skank's lunge written on it. And, you know, little poppy noises happen when your heads pop out. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and then, oh, no, six including you. Boop. Um, couldn't get the one high up. Um, hang on. I did it. You can't hear it. It's too you really want to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is, you know, you then can run in and just sort of grab everything while I'm there sort of saying, oh, uh, you know... Touch me, if you want. Free. <laughs> so it's ethical if you... It's, it's been a long quarantine. Come on, just like, you know, do something. Just look at it. I'm curious about who want. these other people are that are... Oh, they're loving it. They're in there just saying, God, it's so sexy in here. We're near underwear. They're so horny all of the time. <laughs> these other five folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your co-workers trying to land oh, the, the, the important client. <laughs> which is you. I think. No, no, you're just you're just raiding um, my panties on your lunch break. And you are, uh, it's ethical because you just... Because I love that you're doing it and they love that they're doing it. And I love that one of them might look... Yeah, like Billy Zane. Just look at, yeah. Like if Billy Zane looked at me, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd get so horny I'd come shit. <laughs> wow. Uh... Can't it would that. just backfire down there. I'd come out my ass and spray shit out of me knob, and and it would it would be good. <laughs> it would be good. And Benny Sane would look and say, "That'll do, Benny." <laughs> oh God! You know we'll uh, we'll take those scrapings off to the skank farm and quids in profit. <laughs> <sighs> That's how you'll impress the client anyway. Oh, sure. With with that story. Now I'm going to go to this meeting that <laughs> yeah. I'm now three or four minutes late to. They're going to be like, oh, Skype problems, Jonathan? Or like, is there a reason you're late? Well, so, okay. Well, they understand. They've worked with you before. No, I'm usually uh, never. I'm early to these things. Okay. Um, so wait, you reserve all of the problematic behavior for us then. Yeah. Problematic. That's... <laughs> And, uh, I just think <laughs> I just think it would help you engage more with the board of directors if you if you kicked the door open and you had this like shell suit on just like this bright pink and and green and black neon um uh, like plastic jacket with with shutter shades on baseball cap backwards and then you just sit down and just say hey what's up olds 
I was just raiding some gnarly panties. Wanna look? They're in a they're in a trash bag with my dinner, and now I sound like this. Salon on up, you fat fucking hogs. Have a bag of dinner on me. And then you, uh, you know, you, you grab the trash bag and upend it onto the table, and it's just f- full of full of mint meat and panties. That's how I get the promotion. That's how I move up. Move up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like right. This 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 guy demonstrates upward momentum. He went from an infuriating college dropout beach bum to a world successful dinner salesman. In a matter of seconds. Climbing that corporate ladder. I never even thought dinner could come in a bag. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I should count it down. I, every second that goes by, I'm now five minutes late. Oh, God, we better. And you're just, you you're, you're, I suppose. Because they'll get, they'll get less and less interested in the mincemeat if you're late. dinner salesman, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, they won't, won't be impressed. Well, I hope you learn. <laughs> I hope you impress the board. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Maybe you'll get the keys to the executive washroom, per chance. We're all working from home. We we haven't seen each other in almost a year. I think it's been since March. Okay, well, we'll put a lock on your bathroom door and get you a key for that. Yeah. A padlock or something. And then, you know, you'll be impressive. Now it's six minutes. We just... <laughs> okay, do you feel more famous slash professional now that we've done this thing? Uh, yes, I, I, I feel much more famous. Okay. Job's done. Do you want to go? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll plug. I'll plug, yeah. Yeah, I'll plug do. real quick. Uh, two other podcasts, talking to women about video games. Uh, after I plugged it last time, we got a lot more listens. So thank you oh, for listening. And uh, the episode with Casey Explosion, a friend to everyone, I oh, believe, on this show, just delightful. went up. Mm-hmm. And people are loving it. And Casey is asking to come back on already. So oh, go listen to Casey on the Talking to Women About Video Game podcast. It's on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify. And then there's another another podcast called The Worst Song on Earth. More people are listening to that, too, because I plugged it here. So thank you. That's got its own .com, theworstsongonearth.com. Um, and we're going to be giving away lockets with a picture of me in them as a contest. <laughs> no. It's so funny because the guys I'm doing that show with, they've never tried to succeed in making anything online. They're, they're all just like uh, normal guys with normal jobs. So they're like, how do we how do we promote this? You've been doing this for a while. I'm like, lockets, pictures of me. And they, they, they just did it. <laughs> So being a little bit of a jerk, but I do think that, you know, people who have the kind of sense of humor that uh, is suited to the show might think it's funny to get a locket like that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'd, 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 I'd twelk my ass over broken glass to, to have a locket with your face in it. And, well, I mean, I say bits of your face in it. Yeah, not, not my whole just face. Some, just some scrapings. <laughs> So those are now eight minutes those late. Are those two, I know. Yeah, let's <laughs> those those, let's. Those are those. Yes. Wrap you up. Oh yeah, let's wrap me up. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> Was that it? Okay. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Boston's Favorite Son was performed by Jim Sterling, Conrad Zimmerman, and Jonathan Off-Road Rules. Editing and production by Justin McDaniel. The intro music is Freak Out by Chainmail. Road Rules Northern Trail was an insipid show that shouldn't have happened. We made slunge, we don't know why. Dunk it on yourself, don't let it dry. Don't.